On this episode of Kenny and the Coaches, I talk with Duncan Boys golf coach Stephen Thomas. Coach Thomas has had stints at Marlowe and Lock MacArthur and just finished his first year at Duncan. Coach Thomas has also been a golf pro at Oak Tree Country Club and at the Territory here in Stevens County. And a big check mark on the resume that I forgot to mention, he's the head coach of this year's 5A state champion Duncan Demon golf team. Here's my conversation, Coach Stephen Thomas. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your uh, week to talk with me a little bit. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, first off, before we get going on anything, congratulations on the state championship this year. That's a pretty big thing. Thank you. Now, what uh, you, we were kind of talking before we started recording about uh, being a golf pro. What what does it take to be a golf pro at a golf course? Uh, typically, there's a couple of different routes that you go. You either can go to a university that offers that as a as a bachelor's degree. It's just called professional golf management, and mm-hmm. it's a business degree. They teach you how to run a business. I didn't do that. I went to college for education. Uh, the alternative route is cor- sort of like a correspondence uh, coursework training. You you have to pass a playing test. You have to you know prove that you can play pretty well. Yeah. And then once you do that, then you're accepted into the program, and you basically have to just complete a lot of the same types of coursework, um, you know, almost like distance learning types of things. And then fly to Florida, take your tests, which I don't think they have to do that anymore, but but I did. Mm-hmm. And once you get done with that, you're considered a Class A pro. And you have the same status as if you went to college and got that degree. So just any Joe Schmo can't go get one, or can't be a golf pro. <laughs> no, you, you have to you have to be able to do certain things, and uh, and just to get in, you have to pass the playing test. Yeah. And then uh, the the work is pretty demanding. I mean, luckily it's a seasonal um, a seasonal job. So I did most of my you know coursework type things in the winter when things were slow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, yeah. coming into this program, this is your first year, correct, at Duncan? Uh, in Duncan, yes. Yeah. Um, did you kind of feel any pressure coming into a program that has had, you know, uh, they've had a lot of success in the past. Did you feel any pressure coming into that? Uh, I didn't feel the pressure on myself, really. I just kind of felt the um, – just wanted to be able to get it done for them because last year they came so close and mm-hmm. didn't get it done, and I – I knew of the guys. I met them the summer before. Um, I actually knew them when I was in Marlowe when they were probably in fourth, fifth grade. I mean, I knew that there was a young group of kids that were out the golf course all the time. They were really good players. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got lucky enough to get the opportunity to come here when they were still in high school. But, uh, you know, I knew they barely missed out, and I just wanted to be able to you know, help them achieve what they were capable of doing. Yeah. Now talk about that. The, this state championship season what were some of your players uh, that were key some of the big moments during the year um, i mean we were it's a it's a group effort we if you were to watch high school golf if you were at the state tournament you the typically the thing you see is one or two good players from each school and then you might have a couple you know mid-level you know they're pretty mm-hmm. good but you watch our team and it's five guys that are all really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if one guy doesn't have a very good day or doesn't have his best, typically we don't have more than one guy that's not playing well at any time. So it was it was a team effort. But uh, Baylor Bostic played great all year. I think you know, can't even say he had a bad round because the only 
tournaments that he didn't shoot really good scores in, it was like one hole that got him. Yeah. Um, he, he shot for the first time, I think possibly in his high school career. Uh, I was asking him the other day. I just don't remember what he said, but uh, a couple weeks ago at Lake Hefner, it was our last regular season tournament. Uh, he was like three under with two or three holes left, and he, he finished one under, and I think that was his first round under par. That kind of got his momentum going for the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, Grayson Brookshire's a freshman. He shot 74 at that same tournament and was consistently 81. You know, he was typically in that range, and that really fired him up and kind of brought him to another level where he was, you know, even more competitive. But uh, probably the one that really got fired up in the playoffs was uh, Case Spivey. He was actually, he was played as our four-bag, and at the regional tournament, he was the leader after the first round. Regional tournament's 36 holes. So after 18 holes, he was tied for the lead, and he had never had that top of the leaderboard experience because he was always the you know the four bag yeah. you know he's always in the mix but never that you know at, never at the top mm-hmm. and so that gave him a lot of confidence going into state so you know we had three players uh and sorry left one out and uh caden stevens won the 5a preview a few weeks prior to that so mm-hmm. you know we had a handful of guys that had something to to build on giving them a ton of confidence going into state now you were talking about the kind of building momentum going into the postseason. Is that is that the same in all sports? You think like you were talking about that kind of gained momentum. And you kind of hear that of teams like when they get in the state tournament and or in the playoffs in basketball, the kids kind of hit their stride. Is that kind of the same thing? The same way with golf? I mean, it's kind of a different type of sport. Oh, I mean, definitely in in golf. I mean, I can see it uh, relating to every sport, but uh, golf is so psychological um that anything that gives them an edge in their own mind is going to equate to more success you know when they perform Mm -hmm. and if they think they can do anything and beat anybody then they're much more likely to do it and we uh at the last tournament at uh lake hefner is the blue jay bash Mm -hmm. we actually tied for second we came up two strokes short of uh choctaw but we tied with Enid, so both two 6A teams. Mm-hmm. And the tournament director said, well, you know, we can figure out a way to do a tiebreaker or you guys can go play it off. And all of my guys said, let's go play. Yeah. So we went out and played it off and beat Choctaw in uh, – no, sorry, excuse me. It was uh, Enid, beat Enid in a two-hole playoff. And that that's what kind of rolled even more momentum into regionals because, you know, they're just feeling unbeatable, you know, yeah. barely lost to a 6A team, beat another 6A team in uh, – in a playoff, so I mean, they were just pumped. They they just felt like they couldn't be beat. Yeah. Now, winning that state championship on your home course, what was that moment like for you and your golfers? Oh, that was huge. I mean, all the people watching have been watching these kids since they were little bitty, mm-hmm. and so you know they got to treat their home course like the the biggest stage they had played on. There were fans everywhere cheering for them as they hit their, you know, final few shots into mm-hmm. the in the last green and That's make their putts and uh, you know, so to them that was that was enormous. To the community it was even better because if we're playing in Tulsa like they did last year, mm-hmm. not as many fans get to be a part of the experience and so right now the the entire golfing community in the whole area is just, you know, psyched about it. I bet that is uh, was pretty cool for those kids to be driving like you're at a PGA Tour event. You know, you got your your guy right beside you. That would be pretty cool. I think it was. I think it was working in our favor in other ways too, because the the other schools had these huge crowds following them that 
they're probably not used to on a you know day-to-day basis yeah. and especially you know not like anybody's cheering against them but they're hearing huge roars every time a Duncan player does something and, and I think that just kind of got in their heads a little bit yeah yeah now what advantages you kind of talked about the community support what what kind of advantages do you have coaching golf and just if you're a kid playing golf in Duncan uh, the programs the uh, the country club here has all kinds of uh, little junior programs mm-hmm. um, the club pro uh, Dakota Hicks actually played for me in Marlowe so you know we already had a relationship coming in and we kind of joked about how you know we didn't get it done in Marlowe but we got it done here just wearing a different color yeah. and uh, so you know we're working together to get more teams more uh, junior opportunities mm-hmm. to compete and get more kids out because you know, we're really good right now because these kids played when they were little. But in a couple of years, you know, if we don't have the kids playing when they're little, you know, the program just won't sustain. Yeah, that kind of goes into my next question. Where does uh, Duncan Golf go from here? What's kind of your vision for the your program? Keep building. And we have, a, we have a great junior high program. We have a lot of good players there. But uh, continuing to get them younger and younger mm-hmm. and – earlier so that they know what it's like to compete they know the expectations at each level and they're competitive at every level so that they can step up to high school and you know take you know take over where the last group left off yeah now just kind of going you you talked about the dakota hicks there at the country club um do kind of the golf programs in the area you know like duncan the marlowe's and uh, here at Empire, do you, do you all the kind of golf programs and coaches kind of work together? Um, I I communicate a lot with um, the Marlowe coach because we work together when we we're at Marlowe. Mm-hmm. The Comanche coach, I've known him since I was at Marlowe, so you, know, you tend to run into each other a lot at Duncan because that's where everybody Mar- goes. Marlowe yeah. has one course, but a lot of the a lot of their better players are members at the country club. So, you know, we all, you know, keep up with how each other's doing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, how is a uh, kind of go away from golf a little bit? You talked about coaching other sports. It just, I mean, from the outside looking in, you know, I've never coached golf. It seems like it's a little bit more laid back in how you coach it. Is it different coaching golf than it is coaching other sports? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very individualized. Um, you know, there's not a particular position or skill set, you know, like you might have in other sports where, you know, football, your quarterbacks, your receivers, your linemen, you know, you, mm-hmm. you can have, you know, more specialized skill sets in golf. Everybody needs to know the same skills. And there's no opponent. The opponent is the golf course. So yeah. you don't teach defense. Um, you teach course management so that you don't hurt yourself and uh, put the ball where it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, everybody in the field in a tournament is competing against the same golf course. So we're not necessarily playing against Bishop Kelly. We're you know, playing against the golf course, and so are they. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but just knowing how, knowing what level that each player is at and individualizing the, the approach to coaching them, uh, which you basically do in every other sport as well. But uh, mm-hmm. because they don't have to work together, you know, in a practice, if you've got a – uh, one really good basketball player and one that's very much a beginner, it's difficult to practice with them because they have to play 
off of each other. Mm-hmm. And in golf, you know, you're just working on your own game. So it, it's it's easier and it's harder. I mean, it's just completely different. Yeah. Now, golf can, you know, you, you can make it a year-round sport. I mean, you can still play it when it's cold outside. It's just not very yeah. not very fun. Do, you, right. do your kids stay hooked up all during the off-seasons? I mean, do they want to go play? Oh, yeah. We, uh, we have off-season golf in the fall. Uh, since I don't coach fall sport, I have them in the fall. And so we do more conditioning, flexibility, uh, workouts, things like that, and we still play. And uh, we just don't stay as late. You know, during the yeah. regular season, we're at golf practice till at least five. In the fall, four at the latest, and they're you know they're out of there. But uh, in the winter, we're just working on conditioning and maybe putting. If the weather's good, we'll go putt. I don't I don't worry too much about their swings. You know, we'll mm-hmm. kind of like riding a bike. Like we'll keep it fresh, but we'll polish it uh, in the in the spring. But uh, in the summers and in the fall, that's when that's when they have to do the majority of their competing. The school season is not adequate. If, if a kid wants to play at another level, they've got to play in the summer and in the fall. Yeah, yeah, yep. Now, what was it – we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I thought it was really good what you said. What was it that took you away from being a golf pro to being a teacher coach? <clears throat> I mean, like I said, I – always i went to college to be a teacher always wanted to my father's a coach and so to me it was the family business i always wanted to follow his footsteps and uh after college the the temptation to be on the golf course where everybody you know that's where everybody's spending their recreational time was tempting but i never viewed it as my lifelong career it was just kind of something i used to polish up some skills, learn more about the game, become a better golf coach when I chose to get back into education. Hmm. Now, do you have a lot of kids that come in raw that have never played before or really limited? And how do you coach them differently from the veterans that you have? Um, Not a lot. We have a few. Um, I think I have a couple on the high school team that are pretty raw. Mm -hmm. Uh, They – they have to do everything the same. Um, we have a lot of drills that uh, I call them go home drills. You got to get it done before you can go for the day, and yeah. and it definitely takes them a longer to complete those goals, or those uh, drills, and mm-hmm. get to go home. But uh, you know the expectations are the same, um, and sometimes they look and see what the le- what the level that we expect to be playing at is, and realize this isn't recreational golf. This is competitive golf, mm-hmm. and the ones that are willing to put in the work, they stick it out and they, they improve. I wouldn't say it's not very often that they get to the point where they're one of the more competitive varsity players, but uh, you know they're becoming better players. They're enjoying the experience and the hard work and the practice that goes into it. Uh, but yeah, most of them either completely dive in 100% committed and start playing year round and practicing year round, mm-hmm. uh, or they decide this wasn't what I thought golf was, you know, they want to keep it recreational and they choose to go do another sport. Yeah. Now I got one final question. I actually got two final questions. I always try to end on something kind of a little bit more, uh, lighthearted. I mean, there was nothing too, uh, groundbreaking in those, in those questions I asked you earlier, but what is the most impressive shot or round you've witnessed in person? And what is the most impressive course you've played on? Okay, so the most impressive shot goes back to 2013. We hit a bunch of them this year, so I'm not taking anything like that. But (laughs) I've been talking about this one for 10 years. Um, (laughs) 
Hunter Ortega. Uh, he's local around here. He's played for me at Marlowe. He's a member at the club. Uh, when he was a senior, we hosted state at the country club. And it was the second round. And I believe he was one or two under par going into 15. And if you're familiar with 15 at the country club, it's pretty tough hole. Everybody always kind of dreads getting to that point because 15 and 16 are tougher. Mm -hmm. um, 15 for sure. And he tended to hit a little draw with his driver and there's water all down the left. And he is just uh, nervous as all get out to hit that shot. He's worried that he's going to hit it in the water because he does tend to hit it left and he's got a great round going. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he steps up and snap hooks it in the water. Yeah. And about has a mental breakdown because he thinks he's given up, you know, a great round. But I talked, I calmed him down. We walked down there, looked at our options, found a, you know, spot we needed to drop and put it back in play. And there was a north wind. So he's hitting into the wind, probably 200 yards. Um, he pulls out three wood, hits it to about 10 feet. You can see the nerves just kind of leave his body. He finally relaxed. He got up there and yeah. made made the putt for par. Now, that's the hardest hole on the golf course, oh, wow. even harder when it's played into the wind, even harder when you're under par and nervous about messing that up. And, and he pulled off that that uh, recovery shot when he hit it in the water mm -hmm. and made that putt. And that's, that's probably going to be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the most, what was the other one? The uh, what course? was the most impressive course you've played? Um, one, when I was at Oak Tree, uh, we did a member pro trip to Las Vegas. Mm. And I don't travel a whole lot. So um, I played in Florida when we went down there for PGA work. Um, it was hot. It was humid. Mm. Uh, nice courses. But... Uh, my favorite was when we went to Las Vegas and played uh, the Revere Club in a, a member pro event. Oh, man. Yeah, I bet that would yeah, be it was nice. sweet. Well, Coach, I've taken enough of your time. Thanks uh, for for talking with me a little bit, and congratulations again on your state championship season. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Golf is arguably the most mentally taxing game to play. So many things go into just one good shot. And then to do that over and over for 18 holes or more takes a lot of practice, dedication, and mental toughness. Pressure is pressure, no matter what the sport. And the players and teams that can withstand that pressure usually come out on top. That old saying, well, that old saying that I've modified and kinnied it up, but it's something to the extent of pressure can do one of two things. It can bust pipes or it can make diamonds. And this past season, Coach Thomas and his Demon Golfers made diamonds with that pressure. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches, and that's Kenny with an E. Till next time.